0: Take if off! You, if, if you, you put, put my side, don't go over that line. What line? I don't see no line. There is a line. If you put your mouth on... Take off, I'm going to do the steam Take off, do away. Oh. Ah. Oh.
1: steamroller. Take off, Ah! way!
0: Steamroller, I'm steamrolling you! Take off. <laughs> oh. ah. Steamroller. Steamroller. <laughs> 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 Hey everyone listening out there, welcome, welcome, welcome to the 29th edition of Cult Following, the podcast from the fine folks who bring you Cult Classics AZ every month in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, Check us out online at cultfollowing.co, we've got a lot of awesome articles exploring the world of cinema and our unique viewpoints. I'm one of your three co-hosts for this edition. Victor Marino, along with Kirby Nelson, yes. and Adam Rukowski, meow. And on this edition, we're just going to be talking some film. We'll have a main topic per usual, and uh, talking about some of the stuff we've been watching lately. As always, you you can subscribe to us on iTunes by looking for Cult Following. Uh, help us out by leaving us a review on there, and you can always find us on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com/slash/Cult
1: Following. So. Oh, speaking of which, uh, John Mapes put up his uh, the cult following theme song on his SoundCloud. Page awesome, awesome. So now actually people can download it, you know, listen to it it's anytime they awesome. want to, have their own podcast with it playing in the background.
0: Yes. Mosh hard. That does not constitute a license to use our theme song. <laughs> but uh in all honesty, thanks a lot to John Mapes for uh, the awesome theme song. You can always find his work out on his SoundCloud, SoundCloud dot com slash john mapes i think also john mapes dot com you can find a link to him on the website too cult dot co so uh yeah and we've we've been busy lots of stuff been going on uh labyrinth and we're doing that in a couple weeks and that's a full sellout and uh, we're really excited about that
1: how did jump cut go that's jump- what I was gonna ask.
0: oh yeah jump cut was actually pretty cool we did uh hackers and it, it definitely a different vibe than cult classics is very like you know, more like a watching like a movie like in somebody's theater room. Mm-hmm. But the arcade, the whole arcade experience was really cool. It was really intimate, and everybody who was there like was really into it. And I, I, and I think everyone dug it a lot. Those um, floppy disks ruled. That was a really clever idea. Big props to uh, Ruby for suggesting that. Uh, and it was also a happy coincidence when we discovered they they glowed under black light which I was like holy moly. But uh yeah, and then we have Killer Clowns at the end of February. That's also sold out. So,
1: oh, that's sold out too.
0: Yeah. Cool. I'm looking, you know, I'm I'm just looking forward to doing some of these cool expansions we've been talking about doing like a, you know, a horror night for a while and a VHS night and mm-hmm. you know, S- secret project pandemonium, which we'll, right. t- we'll talk about in the future. In the, the f- future. The future. But uh did you guys watch any movies this weekend? or this past week or anything?
1: Yes. What would you check out? Well, what? I even have a list that's kind of like leftover from the leftovers. Well,
2: we had a few because we didn't do anything for really for our best of one. Yeah. And then and we kind of skimmed over. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think. We, we had a few where we didn't. So we probably have some piecemeal stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah. Let's hear it, Adam. Uh, <coughs> cough, cough. I watched the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. Anyone? anyone I want to see that. What is it, is that, that. Is that, that on that.
0: Netflix or wh- wh- how did you see that? That's a that? VOD. Oh, okay. I'll have to look for that then. Uh, pretty much
1: everything I saw over the last, I don't know, three or four weeks have been. This is all VOD stuff. Yeah. Because there really hasn't been anything in the theater that's gotten me, uh, you know, off my butt and, and out to the theater. Um, it's it's interesting. It's uh, not exactly what I ex It's more of his struggles to stay sober and clean uh, with the help of Diamond Diamond Dallas Dallas Page. Page. Oh my, gee, in stereo. Mm. Uh, Yes. But the whole thing almost felt like, well, there were not, I wouldn't say the whole thing. I would say at times it felt like a infomercial for Dallas Page's, yeah, for his program. But still pretty good. It's, it's not one of those movies where you watch someone just completely go down in the dumps. What was the other one that was, there was Behind the Mask, wasn't that one? Behind that- the Mat. Matt. yeah beyond the map, beyond the map. The the, the <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah which we got Jake the Snake
0: is also in. Right, yeah, we, but yeah. they,
1: they really put him under a light of you know this guy is going to be dead like within a month. Oh or something, yeah, and you know his life is just terrible. Uh, where th- where this one is is more of a ray of hope. I mean, he does have his ups and downs. Um, if you have a soft spot for Jake the Snake, like I do, growing up and watching him and worshiping him, uh, it's it's a good movie, uh, but not a great movie. Yeah, I mean how long was it? Uh hour and a half. So just a yeah, standard okay. minutes, yeah.
0: Yeah, because from what I understand reading about it is originally it, it like uh, Diamond Dallas Page originally wanted to do it on him and this other wrestler, Scott Hall. I don't know if he's in it or not. Razor, Razor Ramon. Ramon. No. Okay. There
1: is another wrestler in there. Sorry for the G.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah Sean Michaels?
1: Shawn Michaels.
0: Oh, okay. is in it wow. as well? Oh, I'm interested in really watching yeah. this, but yeah, like uh, I know, I know my buddy Raven, uh, who's also a wrestler in uh, WCW with Diamond Dallas Page. He saw it, and he was telling me it's like one of the best documentaries
1: he's like ever seen. So mm-hmm. I, I would see if, like from a, a wrestler's point of view yeah. how much they would really appreciate it, <laughs> yeah, because it's not like the other wrestling documentaries that have been done before, mm-hmm. really. Um it's kind of a a fresher take on it. Yeah. You know, you just I I guess you just take well, it. I was I
2: really like I was really enjoyed Beyond the Map because I, yeah. it's the the real deal of what it is. Mm-hmm. It was a great contrast and stuff between um you know definitely he's kind of put as the highs and lows of different people i mean it, you know you've seen lots of them. i mean i i'd be really
0: interested to see scott hall's story because he's really yeah had some, I, falling on really, some hard times i'm but. really surprised that that uh it hasn't gotten any like actual theatrical play out here because i know raven was telling me he was playing the landmark theaters out there in georgia mm-hmm. but like harkins or no place around here is playing it and eh, maybe we should look into doing that at some point in the future as a thing. We'll see, we'll see. I mean, I just think it'd be cool. It was good to
2: see him at Mad Monster last year here in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. he was definitely in, obviously like a lot better spirits yeah. since he was at like... Phoenix Con too.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: But I just remember seeing him, I t- briefly and talking briefly at Mad Monster, and he just seemed very, very uh, uh, much more put together and focused mm-hmm. than he did before. He's very jovial, kind. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I mean, definitely was trying to sell pretty hard of course but i mean he wasn't he wasn't rude or anything or disrespectful well
1: in in the timeline that i was i was trying to piece it together from when they made the movie to where it was finished to where he was at mad monster last year and it's pretty close oh yeah probably within like maybe six or eight months well the part i always remember with beyond the Mad is the one with his daughter
2: Oh, and that yeah. was just I mean, it was like seriously heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, I
0: think he's still going through a lot of like he's he. I, last time I remember, wasn't he like fighting cancer too?
2: He might have been.
0: Yeah. A lot of them. I mean, I mean, just you. It, even you know, people like
2: to, um, you know, have kind of been. There's kind of some div- division on the Iron Sheik movie. But the one thing I that would was say a really strong one was, too, was was that I mean you know whatever you consider him kind of being a puppet these days, a lot of people look at that. I said the two things that impacted me the most from that one were definitely his um, the death of his daughter and then his failing health. I mean, to see his feet and his knees and his legs and stuff, I mean, he's just literally
0: broken. Oh, yeah. I think uh, several years ago he was at WrestleMania when they had this gimmick battle royal. I want to think it was five to seven years ago. And he ended up winning it. And the only reason he won is because he couldn't go over the top rope. So, like, they wanted him in it, but it's like the only way he can be in it is if he wins, you know?
2: Yeah. But, I mean, it's just... There's some really great... I mean, that's one thing there's been. Forever Hardcore, a few other ones. Mm -hmm. Some great documentaries out there. And I noticed that, that, I mean, you know, some fluff WWE kind of stuff. But they also have done some hard-hitting ones, but... You know, there's there's definitely a good branch. So I'm I'm hoping that if this has success and ha- generates a lot of interest, that more people will do, especially with crowdfunding and well, stuff yeah. like that. Well, yeah. Well,
0: especially it's like a real documentary, right? It's like they follow him around and everything. Yeah. Okay. Because a lot of times they end up doing these things called um, shoot interviews, where yeah, they just stand they... in front of a curtain and they ask them questions and then sell those for money.
1: Yeah. No. This this is more of where kind of Kind of like a celebrity rehab type thing. Okay. So it's more where he is with Dallas Page living in his house twenty four seven. Interesting. Mm. And, but then there are there are some there's some changes within that. Okay. I don't think it's going to be like a huge success. It yeah. it doesn't it doesn't have maybe as much of a universal appeal. It's not gonna break through oh, yeah. like no, the it's genres very niche, or anything. Clearly right. You have to know or appreciate or have an interest in in wrestling to some Mm -hmm. degree or who Jake the Snake is. Mm -hmm. I don't think my mom will say, oh, I want to see that movie that I've heard about, about Jake the Snake. Speaking of
2: which, I just realized this is kind of off topic, but i got to find out where my Kamala book is. I've been waiting on that for like a year. (laughs) i got to get my money back from PayPal. I mean, I want him to keep it, his money and stuff, like whatever I gave him. I just hope it went to him. If you didn't know, uh, or not Kamala, I'm so sorry. I'm thinking of, uh, no, Kamala. Yeah, Yeah. he lost his his legs legs to uh, diabetes and and other health relations. Sorry, I was thinking two seconds. Somewhere in my head, something, I made junkyard dog or something. But Kamala, they, they did last, not this Christmas 2015, but 2014, they did this awesome crowdfunding project for him. But there was also this book, and I was supposed to get a signed copy, and I don't think it's ever come. I just kind of completely forgot about it until we started talking about it. Kickstarter accountability is hard now
1: sometimes. That it is. Speaking of my mind wandering, one of the things I just saw recently a couple days ago was All Things Must Pass the Rise and Fall of Tower Records. That's also in
0: VOD? Yes. Okay. I want to
1: check that one out. Uh, It's It's good. I didn't growing up. I wasn't really exposed to Tower Records up in Minneapolis. Oh, I did. It, that was like well, the record yeah. store. Yeah, but it because that was it was mostly uh you know West Coast, East Coast. I think there's some in Texas down south, mm-hmm. um, but never made it up to the Midwest growing up. So I didn't really know a lot about Tower Records until maybe I was in college and I met other people who you know were talking more about it. But I I've never been in a Tower Records. I can appreciate it because. I've worked in so many different record stores um, throughout the years and can appreciate that that environment. And I've closed a few record stores throughout the years, so I, I know what that is like too. Uh, that's where my mind was wandering. So the, the thing of being an insider and uh, being a part of that culture for many of my uh, younger years... I I was watching it and my mind was wandering. I started thinking about times of like working in the record store. So I would say for the first and it's it's a good like 90 minutes, maybe 100 minute long movie. Uh I I missed probably the first half of it. Just mm. thinking about the nostalgia of of like working in a record store.
0: Yeah, I mean, I cuz when I went to UCLA there was a tower right there on uh, Wilshire Boulevard, and I would go to it all the time. And, you know, it was cool because, like, like, the closest thing I could describe it to is sort of like like a mishmash of, like, F.Y.E. and Zia, sort of. Um, You know, a big music section, big movie section. Um, They sold toys, and and, a huge magazine section back when magazines were still like the dominant media mm-hmm. so i'd go in there between classes just to read magazines and stuff like that or shop or look for movies or listen to albums when they have the listening stations and it was always like a really cool place you know you talk to people and they were knowledgeable which i feel like that's completely lost now at a lot of places mm-hmm. yeah. and um i remember i was there one time i met billy corgan there he was just shopping and it was cool because like i went up to him and was like, hey. You know, I wasn't sure because he, he was wearing these giant, like, I thought it might have been somebody dressed like Billy Corgan, but mm-hmm. it, it was him. And, like, I went up to him and I had this, just to bring it back to the Jake the Snake thing, he had, uh, this is back when ECW was on TNN, which is Spike TV now. And he had just been on it not that long ago, and uh, one of the characters smashed a guitar over his head, and I went up, I just want to ask you you know, I watch ECW, and I saw this guy smashing, was that that legit, that bit? And then he started laughing when this whole, like, you know, 15, 20-minute conversation about wrestling. Which was super cool. He was like, oh, yeah, no, it's nice to talk to somebody about something that's not just music. And, you know, and then one of the people that started playing Smashing Pumpkins over the PA and announced, look who we have in here. And then literally his reaction was like,
1: (sighs) (laughs) well, the nice thing about the the documentary and that you said Mm -hmm. that is that's the type of stories that they'll they'll tell Mm -hmm. throughout the documentary, uh, which is kind of refreshing and cool it, it was a sanctuary for a lot of musicians as well mm-hmm. so they would have pictures or i guess elton john practically lived at the original one oh, wow. and they started opening up like an hour earlier just so he could go through and then grab like his his weekly lps yeah had a whole list
2: of you know yeah victor hit on something big for me was is that tower for a long time was the only place that carried like underground zines yeah, like, I used to buy like like I used to read a lot of music like underground for metal and hardcore and stuff was like, Heart Attack, Maximum Rock and Roll, um yeah, nothing left. See- you know, all those kinds of zines were like big for me. There's so many. I mean, and that's the thing, and, and that was the other part is you could bring in your zines and they would sell them for you. Yeah. And Tower Records, I just want to say this uh, from I can I could definitely share some of my memories as a kid or whatever, but a big part for me is. Um, in California, I had a record label, and i um not a successful one or anything, but I did put out, and Tower Records sold my records and sold out of them. It was the only t- place, I mean, this is pretty big cartel, store envy, big internet kind of sales. Mm-hmm. I mean, I either sold my C's at the band shows, and part of the reason the record didn't succeed at huge amounts because the band broke up shortly after I released it, sure. so now I got to play a few shows on it. But um, Tower really helped me. They were so supportive. They were the nicest people. And um, it was one of those places – I mean I grew up going to – we had only one – and that wasn't until I was probably an, a teenager that we actually had an independent record store because I grew up in a small town. It wasn't until I moved to a bigger city as a, as a, a teenager that I ever got to go to one. I mean it was the most – the thing we could do was go to – when I grew up in Washington, it was going to like Fred Meyer or something like that, mm-hmm. which is like a kind of the equivalent of like a Fry's Marketplace or a Target now, right? But the um a big part was that you I know, mean, it was Sam Goody and yeah Sam and Goody. Music Land and um you know all those kinds of places. It's like going up video games. I mean, I grew up going to uh, Egghead Software, et cetera. I remember kind of, Egghead. Yeah, all those kind of places. Like you know, so everything has a piece. But Tower also um I you know think we've talked about a few times collecting figures and i collect a lot of i mean tower had deals with like one of my favorite older companies was uh soda state-of-the-art toys they made some of the most amazing lovecraft and horror figures and uh they had lots of tower had lots of exclusives and i wish i'd been into them because i heard they sold for like two dollars you could buy them
0: oh, when yeah. targets start when towers well, start closing and now, that's but... the thing I, I think that's true of anything like, you know like we always joked about the uh, N2 Toys, uh, Big Trouble in Little China figures. Mm-hmm. And how, like, uh, you know, when Sam Goody was going out of business, I could have gotten any one of them for, like, three bucks. Right. And I think I ended up paying $90 for that Jack Burton one I have.
2: Well, that's what I heard about. Um, I remember going into, <laughs> I lived here for a few years, and I remember I, I've only been to the McFarlane store once. And I just remember I was like, kind of, the kind guy of goes, me and this guy ended up hooking because we were bullhole hardcore kids. Did
0: Start you ever talking. go to the one in Tempe?
2: No, I only got to go to the one in Glendale, the yeah. one at the 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 mall out there. And all I remember was asking guys. He goes, "You look a little bummed." And I was like, "Well, I mean, I don't see any of the Bowie Miak stuff." And he goes, "Oh, sorry, man, we lost all the licenses." He goes, "It's too bad you couldn't have been in here like a year ago." We were, literally, you could have bought anything in the store, and I would have given you, like, a Jaws for free. I would have given you, and just because I know we have some same friends from, like, I think it was, Sy- he, he's from Syracuse. He was, like, he was like, oh, I would have given you, like, a whole box of stuff. You just kick me some bucks, you know, because I would have just said, oh, you bought this, you can have this for free, you yep. know. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was one of those things I'm like, oh, man, because I've been spending, I mean, I've still never even come close to collecting the entire lineup for that series because... Right. I got some of the nicer pieces, but, you know, it's like, but it's crazy those days. But I don't know. It's, you know, Tower was corporate, of course, but, you know, it's, you know, uh, everything has that degree or people will say that and stuff. And and I'm not saying this as some plug or something like that, but, I mean, I love Zia Records. Like, I mean, I, I, before I even knew anybody who worked there or had any involvement or cult classics, I mean, it's the kind of record store I always wanted to have as a kid or a teenager and it's just awesome to still go there. I mean, I go there every week and it's just because I I still love physical media. It's mm-hmm. still an important part of my life and I like that communal experience. And you're right, most people don't know and you're always going to encounter that and back in the day to- Tower used to really know stuff. But I just I mean, there's still like a, you know, there's something there. There's still that that atmosphere. I still meet people all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I should have met years ago, and I remember meeting Jesus from Slasher Video. He called in my house by the cemetery shirt, and it's just one of those things. We were at Camelback Zia, and it's like I'd never met him, but he's mm. been around for, like, years. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like our paths never crossed, so it's cool to have that kind of experience. Yeah. yeah, So it's, you know, but that's the sad part of the State of Records stores mm-hmm. these days is it's just here nor there.
1: hmm True. What else good stuff you've been watching, Em? Oh. Uh. Freaks of Nature. Mm, haven't Have heard, heard of heard it. Of that, one? that one just kind of stumbled across. Like I said, this is all VOD stuff, so you can you can go rent it on, on Amazon. Uh, it is something that caught me by surprise. Because what I thought would be somewhat formulaic and derivative turned out to be more interesting uh, and 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 fresh at times. So imagine earth. Okay, the planet earth. Imagine a small town, but globally the world is filled with vampires and zombies all living together and normal folk too. Uh kind of like Fido in mm, a way? Okay. Or, you know, true blood? Uh, But with, you know, the comedic twist Uh. where it's all taken for granted that, you know, these other types of things exist. Uh, Then you have an alien attack on this small town and everybody starts blaming everybody else of why these aliens are here and they haven't contacted anybody in the town yet as far as what they want. But everybody blames the other different sects of uh, uh, the the like the vampires, ver- um, and the you know normal people are blaming each other because they're trying to look for an excuse to uh, segregate everyone else. Um, and then comedy things happen. Um, it, it was because it's hard to describe it because you don't want to give like too much away. Mm-hmm um it was it was better than cooties i thought okay there wasn't really any star power in this but there were standout performances uh i liked the the reserved geek kid uh i like the jock guy i liked the cheerleader chick you know they they had like all those different uh tropes in it but um it, it's good find it check it out it was it was fun uh, I mean, probably wouldn't make like my best of the year type thing. It's not um, maybe as satisfying as like Deathgasm or something like that. But mm. it's it's better than what than, than other things that I've seen within kind of that comedy horror uh, flavor. Hmm. Uh, Definitely sounds interesting. Uh, Moonwalkers. Oh, that's a Ron Perlman uh, and Kubrick movie. Yes, uh, Ron Perlman. Uh X I can't remember CIA. CIA and then they have what is it, Rupert Grint Grint, mm-hmm. uh Harry Potter's Ron Uh in kind of a comedy of errors revolved around the US not knowing if they can pull off the actual moon landing that they are uh trying to to, to perform. Before Russia does. So as a backup, they want to hire Stanley Kubrick to uh, have a set piece that goes out live in case they they can't land on the moon. Mm. And so they hire Ron Perlman, who has terrible PTSD, uh, to go and hire Stanley Kubrick, but uh, runs into the wrong person at the wrong time and the wrong place who assumes the identity of Stanley Kubrick and then the misadventures kind of happen from there. Not a great movie, an interesting movie, uh, some decent performances, some maybe missed opportunities at, uh, maybe playing out certain scenes or, um, certain scenarios in a better way, but n- not bad. It was okay. Mm. Uh, I'll do one more. How about that? Okay. You you want you want one one more one more one more one more. <laughs> uh, do you want one that I liked or that I didn't like? How bad are you gonna tear apart the one you didn't like? Because if
2: it's vicious, I want to hear it. If it's gonna okay, pussyfoot it. Then All no, right. <laughs> You might as well snuggle up to the one you liked. No, I'm gonna do the one I did not like. Let's hear it.
1: Animona Lisa Anomalisa? Anomalisa. Animona Charlie Lisa. Kaufman movie. Yeah, the Charlie Kaufman movie. Uh <sighs> waste of my time. Uh animation, I mean was interesting. Is it stop motion, right? Yeah, it's just the stop motion mm-hmm. animation. Uh story just seemed pointless. Uh, and depressing. Maybe my state of mind of of watching that movie, I didn't relate to anybody, which is really hard if I'm watching a movie and I can't relate to any of the characters or mm-hmm. what they're doing. Um, which is kind of uh, upsetting because um, I wanted to like it, and I was waiting for some uh, some ex- acceleration. But Charlie Kaufman, um, I don't know. You can't have like really good animation and just a really dull story. Mm. Uh, I kind of understand what he was trying to do uh, was to give you like uh, a visually interesting uh, take on a really adult theme. Uh, But boy, it's just it just was not well done for me. I don't know. It just wasn't good.
0: I I mean I, I like Charlie Kaufman's like early stuff like, um, being John Malkovich and Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind, and Adaptation. But I ha- but I haven't seen any of his more recent stuff like this or uh, synec synecdity synec- synec- <laughs> right New York yes synecdity New York I don't know how to say yeah, yeah. Oh, Someone God. will no, you got in my brain. Me. I have no idea how to connectedy. Connectedy. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, I'll, I might see this if it ends up on Netflix. I've heard it's really good, but
1: um, see. I, but and, and that's I, that's the thing is after I saw it and I said, what? Why did I just loathe this so much? And then I uh, watched a, a a video review. By somebody that I that I respect in the world of cinema who is really selling it real hard mm. and giving the points of why you should see it, why it's really good. And all the reasons that he was talking about were the reasons why I didn't like it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, film is subjective that right. way. Yeah. You know? But I just, no, but I mean, it wasn't even that like a middle
1: road for me. I mean, it's yeah. really, I just really love the There's a lot the of movie. Movie.
0: you know, it's like some, you know, it's love, hate, and the fact that, you know, the fact that you can't go middle of the road with it is a good thing.
1: Well, I'm just glad I didn't see it in the theater. I probably yeah. would have walked I out. think
0: it's only playing at um the new Camelview. Yeah. 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 Kirby. Mm-hmm. You want to go
2: ahead or you want me to No, jump? you can go. Yeah. All right. I'll just run through a few here uh so catching up on a few things um i'll start with actually what i recently watched which i actually watched at four o'clock this morning because i couldn't sleep and end up getting up for because i gotta work early and uh this is actually why i've been trying to rent from the red box for a few weeks and finally came in so i decided to check it out and that is something i have been watching a long time which is one of the eight films to die for Oh. So I went, it was, I was originally going to see it. Eight films to die for Is actually here at Superstition Springs Harkins this year, or this last year. And um, I've been interested in seeing it, but I just, uh, a couple of tiles titles, I heard some good reviews. And this is one some people really liked was Lumberjack Man, hmm. which is a heard total that. horror comedy, um, you know, definitely in the same vein as a lot of the other ones that have come out. Uh, what do you call it meta self-referential it's kind of like the final girls and a few others retro slasher um interesting had some great sequences um uh, including it was a kind of a cool little uh, origin story for the lumberjack man i mean i i think the one thing with retro slashers and i do love both vintage and modern stuff is is that i mean you can't really take it seriously or mine it too deep for like quality story or acting or anything like that Mm -hmm. um the kills were fun uh it's really just about blood and pancakes it's the best description i can give for it Mm. it's very unique but um i enjoyed it uh on the other side of that i actually started off this year and i don't think i mentioned it but um my one word review for the or my one line review for the forest is it was so bad, I wanted to kill myself, and I stand by that a hundred and ten percent uh it has to be the most boring movie i th- I think I've seen in a while i and it was only ninety minutes, yeah, and
0: at the forty five minute point, I'm like i i'm gonna leave this is this is bad. you know what's amazing about that that there's a mockbuster version of that movie, seriously, it's called Forest of the Living Dead, Wow, yeah that's amazing i mm-hmm. i figure
2: well I, you know what there's been so many forests of the deads too so but that, yeah
0: it's about a girl who like you know she's a super her the supermodel chick she goes disappearing and then all her rivals end up dying and the sister finds out that the supermodel chick uh went missing in the suicide forest in japan so like it's kind of like a show where she can like manifest as wooden things so it's already better than the forest is. <laughs> so the, I, I wanted to see
2: I wanted the to forest. See, I want to see. Well, you know what really lured me in was the original trail looked good. And I loved that original poster art. I thought it was the great. The poster
0: for that is awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh yeah, finally you know a poster that not like really derivative of something else that we've seen like over and over and over again, yeah. which kind of drew me into that. Is it based on like true events? No, they it's based on that, a vice of...
0: video about a, su- yeah. a suicide I mean, sure... forest under Mount Fuji. Yeah, I
2: mean it's that it's well known lore. I mean that's been circulating. I mean obviously I about... didn't know the lore. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean like I mean I, what I'm trying to say is is that I think it's been mined more than a few times, um for you know um you know, artistic inspiration or for, you know, movies and stuff. I mean, you know, Japan, I mean, both J-Whore and the Japanese kind of culture and and some of its, um, you know, most famous landmarks or infamous landmarks. I mean, I think it it lends itself well. It, It starts off promising. It's just one of those ones where it's just nobody is, it's not even just that they're like unlikable. It's just they're not interesting at mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. like you can't you forget everybody you just don't really care and you feel like i mean again it's it's one of the things i always say about horror movies is, is that this is my most beloved genre but like i gotta be totally honest there's very few people who can pull off these days even an hour and a half film yeah. a lot of films horror films should be like 70 minutes and that's where this film probably should have ended up um and just the the scares and the not even jump scares, but just scares were just just not there so mm-hmm. um but whatever on kind of on the same wave went and saw um wavelength was uh the boy oh actually troy and I went and saw it with uh, Jen and mm-hmm. it was um it, you know it's one of those ones where I had pretty much no interest in this. And there is two boys, by the way. This is the boy that was just released last week, the theatrical film about the living doll. Mm, not the that's other. what I figured you yeah. were talking about. Oh, yeah. I just want to clarify that, though, because there have been some people yeah. who have been confused. But um, I don't want to give anything away. I will say the twist in it is borrowed from another recently released film or film within the last couple of years. Um, and it borrows inspiration from a few other movies. Um, I think a bunch of people are going. I mean, obviously, who will go see anything that's kind of the Bloom House style of horror. I mean, most mm. modern horror audiences and stuff like that. But, and the, what is her name from The Walking Dead? Lauren and stuff, Cohen. Cohen. She's good in it. I mean, it's got a little, it's a pretty good cast and stuff, but actually, I enjoyed it way more than I expected. I, I don't have any designs upon owning it. Maybe if it's like two or three bucks on Blu Ram Black Friday, I'll buy it. But. It was actually more fun and had some good, good scares and some good um, twists and stuff. I mean, we definitely made fun of a few parts, but it it was enjoyable. So I mean, I think if you like that, I mean, I I love you know I always have had a, not quite a Charlie Band level of dolls and killer dolls and puppets and stuff, mm-hmm. but I I did like it. I, it had a little bit of a gothic air. It wasn't like Crimson Peak or anything, but it definitely had a little bit of the old Amicus aip style of it mm-hmm. so worth checking out here no let's blaze through a couple quick other ones um i did go see the fifth wave mm. which i knew i've oh never read God. the books i've never i don't know anything about it the only thing i can say about this one is is that um besides the other the second maze runner movie the scorched trials i was like and some of the hunger game stuff i mean I got to say, for, like, young adult post-apocalyptic, this, this is getting kind of intense and brutal. Like, it oh, sure. was way more vicious than I pretty much anticipated. I mean, mm-hmm. it was definitely more in your face is the best way I could describe it. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I can definitely imagine taking kids to it. But at the same time, I was like, you're venturing into real adult territory, not young adult. It's,
1: yeah. Yeah. And. I remember seeing the previews for it maybe around uh, like Christmas of last year. And I, I didn't, it didn't really capture my interest. It kind of reminded me of the TV show, science fiction show, where the aliens uh, kind of took over. And oh, Dark people. Skies. Um, yeah. Within the, and they have like the things on their spines or whatever. Is that yeah, the same Yeah, Dark one? Skies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that, puts me off or makes me think that, well, and I know that it's from a book, but even making either a science fiction movie or a horror movie that uh, takes that horror element or the, the creature itself is inside the people, as opposed to it being, you know, a big dummy or you know cgi or something seems really lazy to me almost like the masters of the universe sort of thing where it's like wow this is supposed to be like this big world and they end up just going back to 1985 mm-hmm. and they're running around in their suits it's like uh, okay that's the best you can i guess do, it you know?
0: depends i mean i like stuff like invasion of the body snatchers but that mm-hmm. usually has like the whole process of them turning into you know the pod and, oh yeah no that's but great like i saw one a few years ago uh the host which was by the girl who did um oh, twilight Meier, yeah. and that was just stupid because mm-hmm. it was like the alien was just a voice in her head
1: yeah yeah i mean uh, there are good examples of it yeah. i mean the hidden is like one of my most and the eye favorite change. movies yeah. right yeah but then there's the laser no, the stuff hit, like yeah the, the hidden, hidden is, is really great. good. Yeah. Because you're
0: seeing the effects, like when the it possesses the guy who has a heart attack. Well, not attack. only
1: that, but they made it cool too. Yeah. I mean, this guy, all he wants to do is just listen to heavy metal and drive fast cars yeah. and kill people, and it's just. I like,
0: mean, it's the know. perfect double
2: feature of the Repo Man. I right. mean, it may be probably the be- one of the best '80s double features. Yeah, but I mean, the thing about the Fifth Wave is that in the end, I mean, go and see these movies, and I, I actually really enjoy. Like I said, the Two Maze Runner movies. I thought The Hunger Games was okay, but the biggest thing for me in the end with this film or these films was, is that it's like, it's so interchangeable. Mm -hmm. It's Legos basically. Sure. It's like, you can just, I mean, there's this part where the Chloe Mertz grace or something. And, you know, I'm just putting out lines and stuff where it's like, uh, um, you know, Oh, four, you know, it's, it's like divergent, you know, it's like, you know, she's talking to some other guy, but it's like, you can tell everything. It's like, some part where she's like, you know, I've got to make it on my own. I'm like, yeah, you got to join Dauntless. You know, it's like, yeah. it's just so, I mean, and I know that, and I know the demographic it appeals to, but then, like I said, things like the Maze Runner kind of surprised me. So I hold out a little mm-hmm. bit of hope for these. Right. And, um, yeah, I, I got to stop doing that. Um, <laughs> uh, other than that, I around my list. Don't stop believing. <laughs> I, I can't, I I just can't, I can't Steve Perry it anymore. um, they, uh, I did watch a couple movies. I did, I, I always watch documentaries. I did see one that was released actually a couple years ago. Um, just popped up on Netflix. Um, that I did enjoy a lot, which is Spanish Lake. Mm, haven't heard of it. It was a kind of came out actually about the time of the whole Ferguson shooting, um, with Mike Brown, Michael Brown. But it's kind of like it's about a a project like a Cabrini Green like project in St. Louis that closes down and you know it's really basically you know a a story about white flight in the um um in the suburb of of St. Louis and into this rural suburban area and stuff of a largely white community that ends up having a very large black population uh poverty stricken you know and it's it's very well done it's very like i would say one thing is it's like extremely not low budget but kind of bare bones you know style um, gorilla but, yeah gorilla this was gonna say it's very effective it's not full of or anything but it's definitely really well done like I I was very into it um and then um uh so I if you're into that kind of stuff or want to check it out it's definitely a time to check it out um a good time and then um I've actually want I've been I was sick so I rewatched a lot of stuff and I checked out a couple new ones and um, I I think we're all stand-up comedy fans here, but I've been rewatching a lot of stand-up, and one of the ones I really enjoyed recently, or two of them I want to mention, one is from the Godfather himself. Was uh, I think it's one of the last Paul Mooney ones is up on um, you know, I think most people just know Paul Mooney from the Chappelle Show, but uh, or younger audiences. But I mean, he is a legend. I mean, he has written for everybody. He's definitely one of the greats, and his he he just tells it like it is, and I. I really enjoyed it. And then for a new talent that at least I had never heard of, I know he's been around a little bit, but I watched both of his specials back to back and literally nearly pissed myself. Mm -hmm. And that is um, Tom Segura or Segura. I think it's Segura, but he is like, he just killed it. Um, He's great. I cannot, he's actually one person I think I'd actually want to go see live. And I don't say that much anymore because. I'm not that big into actually going to stand up comedy. I just like yeah. watching it. Mm-hmm. But
1: you know, it, it's it. Uh, well, yeah, I'm in the same boat too. But I just remembered when I was talking about Freaks and Nature, I said there really wasn't anybody in it, and I'm talking about the main characters. Freaks and Nature had a lot of uh, comedians in it, and they would have like their little bits and scenes. Like they'd be like parents, or they'd be like the guy. Like Patton Oswalt was the. Um, the 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 geeky freak uh, paranoid government paranoid guy who like was in the in the sub basement of the house and was kind of helping him for a little bit and those were kind of the points that maybe changed the tone at times cuz it felt like it was improv'd. they're mm-hmm. like oh here's the character here's where you have to go from point a to point b and then you do your riff and then we'll just kind of insert it into the film mm. uh but yeah no i I think the last thing we went to was uh we went with you Victor to uh, Ron Funches. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I forgot how how I for me I just don't like the um uh the experience of a of a live of going to live uh, stand up.
0: Oh really? Uh, I mean I enjoy it depending on the comedian.
1: Yeah, I But think... I think
0: the comedy I like um uh What's in that uh, comedian who's with Pat Nozzle all the time? He's in Rob Zombie's movies... Tall guy. who's also on the Sarah Silverman program. Oh yeah. Oh Brian yeah, Posehn. Yeah, Brian yeah. Posehn. Yeah, yeah. Um, we saw him at the Crescent Ballroom, mm-hmm. and that was like a whole different thing. It wasn't the oh, you paid for your ticket. Now we're going to extort you to spend forty dollars on drinks. Right. Yeah. To yeah. two drink minimums
1: type things. Yeah. And, and that. And that I saw Mark
0: Marin and Eddie Pepitone before, and it was a, like at a theater, and it was the same thing where it's like, I like the idea of just paying for a ticket. You know, yeah. I mean, I feel like a venue is going to make money anyway. I don't know whether you have to extort.
1: You That's kind of how yeah. it feels like. For For me, with all the years of playing in bands and not taking care of uh, my ears, you know, I have significant hearing loss in my left ear. Mm-hmm. And so going to places where the sound is either muddied or there's a lot of uh, distance between me and a performer, it's really hard for me to hear like every word that they're saying yeah even if, there, if there's a little commotion from the kitchen in the back even when i'm at a restaurant sometimes i just that's why i'm i'm quiet sometimes if i'm in a place where there's a lot of people yeah it's because i can't i i hate having to say i'm sorry could you repeat that could you repeat that it might be three or four times and but that's embarrassing no, I'm, sometimes yeah i'm the same way like so my like with this shot, yeah, like yeah. mine's pretty awful
2: <laughs> my vision's also really bad. You guys are good and actually wear your glasses. I probably should wear mine, but it's probably never gonna happen. But yeah, no, I um, I, I, mean, it's because I'm, you know, I'm straight edge, so I don't really want to pay twelve bucks for a couple for a sprite. sprites. Yeah. But I mean, my whole thing too is just that. Um, I think the difference is now, and I, I really feel bad for comedians. It's just because, you know, you can check out any of their material online. And it's sad now because it used to be a shock, like a surprise, like you would never hear. And then you would know a joke and you would tell people or, you know, we were like, I think all of us when we were kids, I mean, you'd see something like, I mean, my favorite comedy special of all time is Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Mm -hmm. I think it's just the pinnacle. I mean, it's really hard because I I do think Richard Pryor is the funniest, probably man of all time. But, uh, man.
1: Oh, as far as a set goes. Yeah, Eddie Murphy's
2: Delirious, just, just. And they Slays. could
1: release that stuff in the theaters, and people would that's go true. see it.
2: Well, it's that's the age of the you know, these yeah. the age of comedy records. People right. used to spin records at parties, right? And that was the entertainment was to enjoy like a Red Fox record, um, you know. But it's it's not the same anymore. But I do think comedy, uh, not just because like Comedy Central and Comedy Channels, but I mean, I do think comedy has kind of morphed into its, you know, its new form of a beast and stuff. But I do think it's crazy the uptick in comedy clubs now or the interest in seeing live comedy. And I think it's because, you know, I, I people need, you know, are going back to that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like theaters had a real uh, surge in interest and in sales. Yeah, um, It's always been there. I mean, there's always patrons, but I mean, I do think because theaters become my more diverse comedy has become more diverse. I do think that there are, there's more of an interest out there, but. It is what it is. I think Victor's seen more shows than anybody oh, I yeah, know. Absolutely. Like I, I've I haven't seen anything. I've seen Steve a few times. Oh, yeah. Our buddy good old buddy nigga Steve. We love you. He actually was really good the last time I saw him, but mm-hmm. there's I just I don't know. Plus that Tade's have gone up a lot, man. Yeah. I, just, I just can't pay $40, 50 bucks. That's insane.
1: Yeah, we Plus drinking <laughs> you know, picky and choosy, what we go yeah. to.
0: What have you been watching, Victor? Uh I I watched a few Bloom uh, movies over the last week. I saw Because one- you don't like yourself? <laughs> uh-huh. I saw one called Um Visions. It has uh, Isla Fisher in it and it's uh pretty much most of the cast in it is uh comedians, which was really strange. Um but uh the easiest way I can describe it is uh, like an American kind of wannabe w- psychic m- you know expectant mother thing meets in- the French movie Inside
2: hmm.
0: but it's not gory it's like it wants to it's it's going down the same plot as that you know but it's leading you around thinking the mom played by Isla Fisher is going crazy because of her psychic visions
1: so it has comedians in it but they play it straight yes oh gotcha you know it, it, it tends to happen,
0: but um, the, the Sasha Barrett Cohen in it, no. Uh, oh, god, surprise. No. Um, the the main like uh antagonist is played by the actress who uh plays Britta on Community.
1: Oh, you got Jim Parsons in it, too. Yeah, he Sorry, plays just, a, a gynecologist.
0: Yeah, so yeah, it has a lot of comedians in it. That's funny. Yeah.
1: No,
2: that's just funny. Like, <laughs> uh, if, you, if you get it. But yeah. Good. I saw that. That's on Netflix, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Blumhouse
0: okay. added a bunch of their stuff. And the other one I watched, um, it's called um, The Veil. And um, that has Jessica Alba in it. And um, Lily Rabe, who you probably know from American Horror Story. She played Misty Day in the coven season. And she was the sister... Um, who was in uh, the uh, Asylum season, and she played the uh, homeowner of the murder house from the 30s in the first season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and who else is in that? Uh, Jessica Alba, her, and Thomas Jane. I At first I was watching this, and as soon as it started, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to hate this movie because it started off just like The Sacrament did, where it's totally being Jonestown except it happens in America and uh, Thomas Jane is playing like Jim like a Jim Jones but it's it's like it his I don't remember his character's name but it's a spin off of Jim Jones I think it's something like Jim Jacobs or something like that. You are correct. Jim Jacobs. Yeah. And um it's interesting cuz basically Jessica is like a paranormal researcher who brings her team up to this cabin where they committed suicide. And they find a lot of tapes, but they're watching the tapes. So it's like found footage, but it's within a narrative. So I like that because I'm like, okay, they're learning stuff from watching the videos. I feel bad because Jessica Alba falls in the same trap of being the person. Like once everybody realizes something is fucking terrible is happening here, she's the one that's like, we're so close to learning something, you know. I feel like that, that character is a product of lazy writing. You see it in every found footage movie mm-hmm. and there has to be a better way of doing that. I will say she does turn around on it and then it ends up being this completely like weird movie after that, that the n- whole weird paranormal thing has like a twilight zone type ending t- twilight zone tales from the Crypt type ending. Mm. But, um, Thomas Jane, I'll give him props because, like, you know, it's like, play a cult leader, watch Jim Jones. And he, like, fucking goes to town. Like, he's really, like, chewing the scenery and, like, <laughs> having a lot of fun with it. Like, he's doing the whole preaching thing. It's like, we've removed the second nail, yes! You know, it's really funny, and but it, it's interesting. So, it's, I'll say, that, that one, The Veil, is good. It's
1: really worth watching. So, does this redeem... Uh, Jessica Biel from her... No, Jessica Sierra Biel's not in it. I mean, Jessica Alba. Alba. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Biel is the one I know one they all ruins... look the same. Well, it's Adam. a Jessica.
0: Yeah. Redeem her from... What, the eye? Oh, it doesn't matter now. Oh, okay. Because we're not talking about yeah. Jessica Biel anymore. Good luck, Biel Chuck.
1: Anymore. Yeah. But, uh, oh, they were just calling her box office poison. From, uh, oh, no, it went Jessica straight... Jessica Biel. Yeah.
0: No, it's interesting, because I feel like this movie had a good enough cast to go to theaters, but basically they released the straight to Netflix... There's another one, um, another Bloomhouse movie they added that has um, Julianne Howe in it and um, Buddy Sears, who um, if you're watching Flash, he's playing Jay Garrick in it this season. And he was also in American Story Murder House. He was uh, uh, Zachary Quinto's boyfriend, and he was also Masters of Sex. And Curve is basically a ripoff of The Hitcher. So if you want to see the Hitcher but like slightly different, you can watch Curve. Um, so yeah, those are the three Bloomhouse. Speaking movies. of found footage, by the way, I did see um, Paranormal Activity: The Ghost
2: Dimension, and, and I just want to say that series is starting to hit Inception levels of like. You're. I know you're trying to think. You're trying to expand the mythology, but you're just going like yeah. so deep into it. <laughs> it's like just stop.
0: No, and uh, I watched uh, Kung Fu Panda Three this weekend. Which is really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I thought
1: you didn't see like the first first one. You've seen them all,
0: have you? No, I haven't seen Kung Fu Panda two. Okay, so you just jumped to three.
1: Yeah. Okay. But I would,
0: you know, I really like you know the Kung Fu Panda character, you mm-hmm. know, and that whole I, and, you know, I was like, man, it's. I hope it's not like Shrek where like you know they they screw it up by doing sequels. But uh, I remember I'm friends with Rick Meyer on Facebook and he was the uh, martial arts consultant mm-hmm. on the first one and he said this was better than part 1 and that, that really kind of got me like hmm interesting i mean i was going to see it anyway you know cuz of the whole secret village of pandas thing it seemed pretty really interesting from the trailer mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it's actually really interesting like um they go into this whole thing you know exploring the concept of chi so i think it's really interesting to take kids to if they want to start learning hey you know Other cultures have like different concepts, and you can't just solve problems through fighting. But sometimes,
1: you know, take the energy of the universe. You know, and I'm I'm surprised that it's that you like it Mm -hmm. because it. This I didn't even know they were making Kung Fu Panda three. Yeah, and it and I hadn't
0: heard when they made part two. But this one was getting like a lot of like good press. And I'm like, you know, started to hear you know, it has a good voice cast. Like I feel like um like watching this right after seeing the first one, mm-hmm. like I would think this was a direct sequel, because it still has Ugwe, like the turtle, and right. explores what you know, in the spirit realm. You know, and in cool. a lot of ways, it's kind of like you know, Kung, you know, big trouble in Kung Fu Panda, if right. I can call it. You know, down to James Hong being. <laughs> James Hong actually has a j- gi- like a huge role in this, this movie. Yeah, I was yeah. really surprised. Like, I, you know, I was telling like Ruby, like, oh man, he must be really happy. He, like, he's got the hu- main dramatic arc in this. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's cool. I also think it's a good uh, con movie to show to parents, or if you have a kid, you know, if you want to explain to them, like, you know, like mixed families or adoption Mm -hmm. you know or even like the concept of having two dads i'm like okay i could see how this would be a good thing to that you know intro to that
1: yeah the only reason why we we skipped it this weekend is just because i didn't even know anything about it and i thought it was just a dump movie
0: no it was actually really good it was it's number one at the box office this weekend too you do hit the nail on the head though by the way on the shrek thing yeah. It's sad
2: because Shrek 1 and Shrek 2 are phenomenal films still mm-hmm. to this day. And it's just sad that DreamWorks and a lot of those other studios, um, you know, I don't know. That's one I forgot too. Sorry, you bring it out. But I did see Hotel Transylvania too. Mm-hmm. And I have, how much I hate Adam Sandler. But I actually like both films. I don't know if it's the horror thing. Same thing with I really like Goosebumps, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, it is interesting. The only series, I did see Minions as well a while back. Um, in the Dollar Theater, and that wasn't bad. I think the only series
0: I've never liked in that thing is I really hated Ice Age. That's the only kind well, of family. Well, apparently, yeah. The, before the tra- the trailers before this, the trailer they played was for another Ice Age movie, right? And I was like, this th- that looked really bad.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the only series. I mean even the first film, I just I just didn't like it. I I don't know. Yeah, yeah I'm I gonna kill those, you, Ray Romano. I think that's... it's
1: some of those where it's just the it it appeals to. I mean, it directly appeals to a really young audience. Mm -hmm.
2: But it's supposed to have... Yeah. A lot of jokes
1: for the A lot of people brought, like, kids to
0: this movie. And I was really... I knew it was a good movie because the kids were paying attention. They Mm -hmm. weren't, like, being noisy or anything. Right. So that's usually my... Like, because I've seen movies where there's a lot of kid interest. And usually if the movie sucks, the kids lose interest and start making noise and shit. Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah. What? I swear it's my last
2: one. The Peanuts movie too, oh! Okay. Saw that in the Dollar Theater. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yeah, I that was am good. Charlie Brown, but I love it. I but, really uh,
0: do. Yeah, I think the main movie-related thing, and this we could segue into this. I, we did this week is uh, there's this huge video store out here in Arizona in Chandler called Video Paradise that uh, was going out out of business after like
1: 25 yeah, and years. Yeah, about three more minutes. Yeah. and it's like. Permanently, permanently.
0: Yeah. And uh, I I spent like a good chunk of the week going there trying to find things. Um, and I think back to the thing you were saying early on, earlier on about like communal mm-hmm. activities. Like over like I went there on Wednesday and I think uh, we went on Sunday. I think that might have been it. Or no, at one point I went back to get one of the DVDs resurfaced. But uh, when we went the other – yesterday – I think i ran into like you know like six different people from cult classics events like i ran into mike bell there shout out who's probably listening um i ran into sean mclaughlin lots of people you know and they they said they'd heard about it from reading you know either reading about it on cult following or because we would talked about it or just because it's a community thing you know yeah you know i think a lot of the people like who are into the sorts of things we do like you know retro nostalgia are going to be really into like trying to like recapture like an element of that early movie going life which is the video store Mm -hmm. that's just gone the way of the dodo thanks to like streaming services and you know blockbuster and hollywood video cannibalizing the landscape and then Mm -hmm. you know destroying each other and then red box being all that's left you know aside from like you know stuff from zia where they sell directly but that whole like video store culture is something that like i think people get from going to things like whole classics or you know meeting people at zia but it was cool like running into people like oh what did you get and i'd say oh i was gonna get that but i left it and I'm like, oh i'm so glad you got you left that because i was able to get it you yeah. know
1: and I, I ran into uh bob Uh, one of the first people that I met when I moved here. And uh, he came to Jaws with his um, son. Oh, I remember. They were kind of coming around there talking at the table for a while. Uh, And I was like, gosh, we just keep running into each other in just the strangest places just over the years. Uh, And it was mostly Ann, my wife, who was getting the stuff that she wanted to get again. She went the first time, then she went again. Uh, and I accompanied her, and and there were some things I saw that I didn't pick up, but I was really su- surprised and, and happy to see how uh, patient the staff was. Oh yeah, because it was a little bit kind of there's a little pandemonium going on, uh, especially for the people. And this this just I mean this would have made me just jump off the walls, but the staff was really accommodating. There were a couple people going up to the counter. With a list in their hand, going, Mm -hmm. All right, I have a list of stuff that I'm looking for. Yeah. And I would have just said, You know what? Sorry, too bad. You know, I would have been really just uh, straightforward and kind of an asshole about it. Just going, You know what? You just good luck. It's, you know, it's a science fiction movie. There's a sci fi section. Just go over there and look to see if it's over there. But uh, they would say, Well, you know what? As we're liquidating everything out, we're not um, keeping every. I can't remember what she said. They're putting stock.
0: something on moratorium. That's what they were saying.
1: Well, she was just saying that they they they're not computerizing anything. They're just it's not selling active stock like yeah, we don't right we can't look right right it up. right yeah 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 yeah. yeah. But at, at the same in the same breath, she was actually saying, "Well, let me see your list and see if anything kind of you know comes to mind that I've seen sitting around still." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wow, you know that level." Of customer service in these last few, you know, hours of uh, selling the store, selling your shirt, um, which could be just a complete mass hysteria, uh, apocalyptic, you know, Black Friday sort of feel to it was this, like you said, like a communal thing. Mm-hmm. Even going up and down the aisles, people are really respectful. Are going? Oh, what did you get? What'd you grab? Oh yeah, you know, no, do, I what had. What do you have? I yeah. mean, strangers. You know,
0: no, I had that going on. And I was waiting in line the sec when I went back to get a uh, a couple of DVDs resurfaced. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a guy in line behind me, and he had um the Nacho Gondo movie, uh, Extraterrestrial, mm-hmm. and he had something else. I can't remember what it was, but I was telling him like. Oh, if you like that movie, you should check out this. But and I told him he should check out Time Crimes if he liked Extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. And the lady working the counter is like, "Oh man, it's too bad you've never come. You didn't come in here before. <laughs> I would have hired you just because I was basically I was telling people what to get, and they'd come back and buy more stuff. Yeah, you know." But it was cool. That was cool. I I went early enough that like I they still had stuff had like the category thing, Mm -hmm. so I was able to ask them. Well, let me see because we asked if they had like Drop Dead Fred and he said that they had pulled that back because they were selling some stuff online and that one's out of print. Right. I asked about like the stepford Wives and they said, well, we I think we pulled that back, but we might have a copy in our classics. I think we pulled that. I went over and they hadn't pulled it and he was like, oh. We haven't pulled it, so it's there for you to get. So I thought that was really cool because that goes for a lot of money. And he knew that, you know. So, but, I mean, to me it's cool because, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of stuff there that, like, you know, I wasn't being really hordy about it. Like, they had, like, a copy of The Loved Ones, which I hoped someone would get, and thankfully it did. Um, They had all the Phantasm movies on DVD when I went on Wednesday, which if I was looking to buy and flip, I could have done that, you know they had like this other uh, B-movie from the 90s called Little Witches that goes for a lot of money. Yeah,
1: the Phantasm stuff was gone when I was there. Otherwise, I would have picked them up. Yeah. Because other than, I think, the first one on Laserdisc, that's the only one that I have.
0: Yeah, they're all out of print except for Phantasm 2 for some reason. Yeah, because Shout Factory owns it. Yeah.
2: And then, um, yeah, I actually... I've been waiting for it forever and thinking about buying it, and I finally about two weeks before his death, bought the uh, Phantasm Laserdisc mm-hmm. set that's signed yeah. by Angus Scrim and Don Coscarelli. Oh, nice. And the CD in it is a 24-karat gold. 24-karat gold. And it is sealed. Ooh. Nice. And I got it for probably less than what it sold for originally. But it uh-huh. sounds so good. Yeah, I it know. It sounds so good. Yeah, so I was I was pretty blessed in that. I actually own all of the Phantasm films as they were originally released. But it's it's one of those things. I mean, I, I'm a little bum because I didn't know about it. But I, um, you know, the thing is, is I've hit a point now where I, I am a fan, a cinephile, but I'm a em- well-known admitted hoarder, mm-hmm. and I don't buy to flip. I buy just because I want. To oh have yeah, no, that's a library. But but the thing is, is I've hit a point. You know, I've. Yeah, I go out to Amoeba all the time in L.A. I love all the stores here. I've had a point where I, there's nothing left. Yeah. I have, like, five DVDs I'm looking for uh, that are not, like, Criterion or Disney or anything. And they're mostly um, the last few slots in my Anchor Bay collection, the higher so, stuff. So, like,
0: what are some of them you're looking for? I'm looking for Link, um, the Anchor Bay film, the Elizabeth Shoe. It has a monkey in it, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it there no i just remembered that oh okay i I was
2: was like like, oh i remember that i was like was
0: it there (laughs) no it wasn't that
2: one actually still pops up reasonably cheap i i know i could just go online buy for like 25 30 bucks and it's it's fair that's what it originally sold for probably best buy in 2001 but um uh you know uh, nightmares was recently released by shout factory oh thank goodness so that one for my horror anthology because i love that film as a kid yeah but um and there's one other... Oh, and The Guardian, which they also released. Yeah. Child Factory. That was the other Anchor Bay one. There's probably a few other tiles here and there that I wouldn't mind. Uh, but I've been lucky. Again, like on the Zia thing. Like, I've always wanted a copy of the Guinea Pig box set. I found one at Zia Tucson for like $30. Yeah. Not in the best... The slip cover wasn't in the best shape. But the films were immaculate, including the sleeves. So it's... but Yeah, I, and I, that's a hard to find expensive yeah, one. But I love... Um, I love my favorite part about it is that community part. Mm. I'll I'll echo that sentiment is, is that when you get to start talking to people and you meet people and that kind of thing, um, it's just, it's just cool to be able to, I do it all the time at Zia, Zia, especially Zia Calback. Cause I live near it is, is that people are, I, you know, I just give recommendations to people. Cause I'm always in, especially mm. in the horror section and people, you know, I'm like, Oh, you know, um, you know this is what oh you like this like you need to watch this I remember somebody was watching like thirty days a night I'm like have you seen near dark like you this is the best mm-hmm. probably vampire film ever made or mm-hmm. you know was looking for the lost boys I'm like you need to you know it's it's good to be able to help people and not in, like a pretentious hipster BS way it's just like if you love something share it with people uh, whatever it is whatever you enjoy or whatever you're into um, share it with people because that is what life is about, and I do think people are like, oh, I want to, you know, oh, you know, I can't, you can't be in the secret society or whatever it is, and it's like it, there should be this spirit of, um, you know, exchange, and um, I, I, mean, I, I mean, it's just who I am too personally, but I just, I love being able to do stuff for people or to recommend whatever it is, you know, like oh, yeah. help them out yeah. and stuff because it's Brad, and that's why i love when you have employees that are like that at a store mm-hmm. and they they know what you like or that you know as you become like i mean i have a what you call it, a cheers level of um stature at a few stores yeah. just because i mean you know i i love going there it's i love talking with people so mm-hmm. that's cool but i only i mean i went to dvd paris a few times the only time I really remember was probably in, like, the late, maybe, like, 07 or 08. And that was when all the Slumber Party Massacre films were out of print. And I wanted them so bad. And I remember <laughs> offering, like, cash for them right then and there. Yeah. And they were like, no, we can't, we can't sell any of them to you. And I was like, oh. So. And yeah. then I ended up, as soon as they were re-released, I got them all for, like, two ninety nine each. So that was probably <laughs> a better time to be
0: patient. Yeah. yeah. That happened
1: to me with Rock and Rule. When oh, I remember Maritai that and, with
0: the rock and roll rooster. I, yeah,
1: uh, I I spent, I think ninety dollars on a VHS sealed copy of that. Um, I mean, it, since then it's been out on DVD and Blu-ray, but yeah, I've I've spent some money on you know stuff that I never thought would get.
2: Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff. I mean, like I would totally pick up a copy of Drop Dead Fred, given a chance. The old in DVD. I mean, yeah. I I. There's a lot of stuff out there, but it's just it's it's hard. I mean, I saw a copy. I just found one in the wild for a buck. A copy of Tales from the Hood on VHS. Yeah, which is like shockingly hard to find. Yeah, but I love that one. I've always wanted it. It was a keep case DVD. Um, you know, released in late '90s, early aught, and it's uh, and it's goes for about between like thirty and fifty bucks for a good copy. Yeah. And Zia on Mill and Southern had one, and I was just like, I think they want four or fifty bucks for it. And I'm just like, it's just not worth it to mm-hmm. me. I love this movie. I am, you know, always looking for it in the wild. But and you know, that's and it, that's the best part is to do it in the wild. Well, yeah, oh, that's yeah, the whole not,
0: thing. Not not out and just buying everything on you eBay. You know, because like. You know, I picked up a lot of movies. just I, I tend to just pick up stuff from my library. I don't really have the energy to flip stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it was more like I would look up stuff I got there. Like, oh, I haven't seen this in a while. And, like, you are like a copy of Mr. Vampire, which I'd been looking for for a while. And I just, oh, wow, it's, like, here. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was trying to watch that on, like, God, this has to be on YouTube or something. And, like, no, it was killed. Every link was killed by whatever. Oh, sure. And I was, like, and I was just happy to find one. And those go for a lot. But, like, you know, I was just happy to just, you know, be able to get, like, Stepford Wives or any number of, like, they had a bunch of old ECW Pioneer DVDs, which I'm, like, thank God, because, like, I like listening to it with the original music, you know. And to me, it was just fun, like, running into people and seeing, like, uh, like Sean's like, oh, I got a copy of Grim Reaper, you know, Anthropagus, you know. Oh, Anthropophagus. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, yeah, and, you know, I like, I found it, and I said, eh, you know what, I don't really need it, so I left it, so you ended up getting the one that I didn't buy, mm. you That's know. Cool. So I just – I did, like a few a few people I talked to I ran into like ended up buying things I left behind. So I thought that was cool because I know in the end they ended up with people who probably would have appreciated as much or more than I do. And there were things I saw that after the fact I realized, oh, I could, that's worth – like um, they had a copy of like King Solomon's Minds on DVD, which is out of print. I think it's like 60 bucks And I was like, eh, you know, I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's
2: the hard part with it. I mean, it's just that, I mean, you know, you can buy stuff. I've never bought anything with the intention of flipping it. I don't think I've ever flipped anything. Mm. I have done the trade bait thing where I've traded people for stuff that I have that I've gotten yeah. cheap and, and gave it to them. And, I mean, I got something good out of it. They got what they wanted. Um, never anything ludicrous or anything like that. Like, I just... Uh, you know, but the, my it's it's just fun like that kind of attitude. Or I leave it behind. And my whole thing too is is that I I try to leave stuff behind if I find it. I really hope the person who really wants it gets it. Like mm-hmm. that's that's my hope. The karmic wheel of of uh sure of DVD yeah. Blu-ray. I, I
0: try to be like that with like a lot of stuff I buy. Like even like you know collectibles and stuff because you know i'd be like oh i could get one to keep in the box and i'm like you know i have like boxes of things kept in the box now you know it's pointless hoarding at that point Mm -hmm. you know i mean there are things like you know definitely things i'd be interested in finding if i came across them like you know drop dead fred or i can't even think anymore you know (laughs) well there's stuff you just don't even know
2: i mean i just saw one uh a guy watches videos sometimes and stuff. He's a w- w- probably like one of the most well-known dudes in the hunting business. Is a, a cool dude or Sean C. Phillips, who's also an actor and stuff. He recently also had a massive like weight loss journey. It's very interesting, inspiring. He's, he's he seems like a really good dude. I met him once at Monster Palooza, as I recall. But mm-hmm. he, um, um, I his oh video- Dawn of the Dead on Blu-ray. That's the oh, one I'm always looking for. Yeah. There's well, I'm always looking for Dead Alive just because I want it on Blu ray, but I'm not gonna pay hundred bucks yeah. for it. Um, you know, but I mean he he's he was going through some of his stuff and he was going through like there's some like Jim Varney movie that's like, you know, worth like a hundred and fifty or two hundred dollars or something. It's some rare uh one of the last it's not an earnest movie, but it's it's Jim Varney being yeah. earnest in some <laughs> other way. But uh, but you know, just really weird. A lot more like kinda of like you were saying like um, a lot more like 90, '80s and 90s kids movies or stuff that was like um, maybe like an after school special or like a Disney Sunday movie kind of thing mm-hmm. where they, um, you know, people are really looking for that. Uh, Making Contact is one of the other ones I really
0: want it is actually mm-hmm. an early uh, role in Emmerich film. I re- yeah, that's one of those cute robot movies, right? That's actually really dark. It's kinda like a kind of no, like no, no. A, I remember it's from like nineteen eighty six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kinda
2: of like you know, there's a little bit of the robot side yeah. too, but it's 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 you know, one of those ones yeah. but uh, Deadly Friend. That's another Deadly one. Deadly Friend's a great one. That one's hard not hard to find, but he did another one too called Ghost Chase that I think is mm-hmm. kinda hard to find. It's just one of the weirdest, like it's literally like uh basically like an et like creature that mm-hmm. but talks like an old british guy or something <laughs> has like they have a monster squad kind of adventure oh i got a
0: copy of monkey shines there too
2: that's a good one yeah yeah there's i mean there's just so much stuff out there but i mean i think the hard part is when obviously you know it's kind of like when something loses its license or it gets hard to find but then there's i mean there's the dark side of it. it's the hoarding and stuff like I can definitely say from a, a horror fan's perspective or a cinephile one, it's like Code Red and Twilight Time, mm-hmm. which is Screen Archives Entertainment's um, personal label for releasing. Like uh, the uh, copy of Christine. It was one of the first ones I remember. I bought a copy for like 25, 30 bucks. I want it on Blu ray. Christine wasn't on Blu ray yet. Yeah. And I love that score. It has an isolated soundtrack. That's because Screen Archives Entertainment does film music that's what their business is hmm. but then they started doing dvds um fright night was the other one that oh they, yeah it's they really finally did a now. second press and even the second press is up to 100 the first press is up to 200 wow and
0: then um well they, there's a lot of these movies that i just don't understand how they stay out of print like fright night part two you know. that
2: i think has to do with the artisan dvd was full screen And as I understand, there is a version, a South American version, I think it was, or European that Mm -hmm. is uncut um, and is in full or is in widescreen, not full frame. Well, and that's the thing, you know, know.
0: once you get really into it, like, I mean, you know, I'm at that point where I have like the multiple blue, you know multi-region blu-ray players and everything so it's like oh no i don't have Rawhead rex on dvd but if i really wanted i could buy a region, region too yeah you know?
2: yeah well the one the other big one i was gonna say was is that it's kind of like you mentioned a, a bit ago and stuff about the ecw thing with music and stuff is is that the series series or thing i most want i mean that's something i can post to you guys what you most are looking forward to or really like to see on Blu ray or DVD, especially as like a special edition. But Shout Factory was going to put it out about seven years ago five, six, seven years ago. And that was the uh, uh, one of the very first shows ever on Fox television, which was Werewolf, the series, which was basically I, The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, I with a werewolf. That. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, show. it was yeah. in 87. And it was. It was a good show. It was a great show. And I always loved it. And um, the only. The problem was, is they. Did not they cannot remove all of the big pop stars' top voice soundtrack from the original master tapes? Right. Yep. Yeah, So right as they were about to release it, it got pulled because yeah. they don't want paying the license. I can't blame them, but it's yeah, like
1: spaced. The TV show had that problem for many years, mm-hmm. but finally got released. And I don't know if they had to replace something or they finally made you know the last minute deals. Yeah, the yeah. O-
0: the one that I think was a big uh, was Freaks and Geeks. Where, like, when it came out, it was really expensive because they ended up paying for all the rights to everything. Yeah. Because I think Judd Apatow was, like, it's too integral, and if you guys want it, you're going to have to pay for it. I think the most uh, interesting one was Roswell, the -hmm. series. Where um, they couldn't get the rights to, you know, because when that show was on, it had a lot of people who like ended up becoming really famous, like oh, gotcha. like Lincoln Park and everything. It has like you know those early singles, which are super expensive to license. The what they ended up doing was they got the sound supervisor for the series, mm-hmm. and they had them go and find similar songs which they could get the rights to. Right. So that was actually really clever. I thought. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, and that's unfortunately, it's just sad with the older shows that it's just not possible most of the yeah. time. The newer stuff, but I mean, that's it's a you know, you think you know, it's crazy to watch movies and stuff and you hear how licensed their soundtrack is or, or unlicensed in some respects, put big songs in, and then you you know, it's like ah, now we're never gonna see this, mm-hmm. especially if you watch something old like that's made on like VHS and you realize, yeah, I now know why this isn't out, right. And it's like, I think people should be, R should be paid for their work or whatever, but it's like, you paid for it that time, you know? You know, it should be, it's, you know, owned for this exclusive right, and that should be yeah. the end of it. But it isn't, unfortunately. Right. Anything yeah. else you guys have been dying to see,
0: or or that's on your personal want list? Um. Yeah, like I was saying, mainly, like, I I feel like I have every version of Dawn of the Dead, except for the one disc you know bare bones blu-ray i don't understand why it's out of print it seems just lazy um i heard ultimate edition's out of print too i have that yeah no yeah. No, no, no i just meant yeah. that i didn't know no, everything that one
2: felt like it's been in print for eternity oh yeah
0: no like every copy of the original dawn of the dead is out of print it's very bizarre
2: i did see that today at zia there was a vhs tape for 20 dollars
0: yeah it's kind of bizarre. The only version I wish I had gotten was, uh, I think, in two thousand seven or eight, the old Xeon Mill, which is going to be a Blaze Pizza now. Weirdly enough, rest in peace.
1: Yeah, although um, Blaze
0: Pizza is awesome. Yeah. Um, they had a a standalone copy. It was the you know the zombie with the goblin on zo- soundtrack. You know, it, it was just like George Romero, and the, it was zombie. I think it was anchor bay i wanted that one i think that's the only version i don't have you know um as far as other movies i can't really think of too many right now are
1: there any movie
0: well you were saying there were a couple you wanted to get at that place
1: oh yeah but i mean they were just so incidental they weren't yeah. really like worth anything i mean you can you can find it for cheap mm-hmm. there I, I i've always been a charles band fan of you know love full moon and uh, they have like some doll man and doll man versus demonic toys and demonic toys, and I just love picking those up just now and again. I love Tim Thomerson and anything that he's in. I'm just all over. Oh, yeah. I wish they would finally do um, a really good, like, well, I'd say Shout Factory treatment for like the entire transfer series. Yeah, that would be good. Would be pretty cool. But it's all they're all licensed differently, so it's they can't like group them all well, together. You know they cause
0: they gave Shout Factory dolls. So right. there's some hope. Yeah, uh, yeah. Trancers I feel has been lost to time. It was so like I feel like that was an integral '80s movie. Yeah,
1: and I watch it now and again, mm-hmm. but it's just it'd be nice to have like a real pristine yeah copy of it with. Uh, I mean Tim Thomerson. I mean he's still alive. Why can't they have like a commentary track? Yeah, you know? I think... get Helen Hunt in there again because I, mean, I mean she's, she's not, not, not doing, doing anything, any... anything exactly right. right? <laughs> uh, one of the things I was looking up last night, because I I have a boner for it, is Twice Upon a Time, uh, which they finally released on DVD uh, in September of last year. I still have my VHS copy uh, that I have coveted and I'll never get rid of. Uh, but that's one of those movies that was on HBO just constantly. Is this and, uh, the
0: uh, Christopher Reeve time travel movie?
1: No, this is an animated feature from Lucasfilms. Okay. That had uh, w- the voice of Garfield, Lorenzo, Lorenzo music. music. yeah, uh, And it was this dream nightmare factory uh, with two heroes who were trying to stop the nightmare factory from um, spreading uh, too many nightmares and that's kind of the in a nutshell what it's about but it it is marred with a lot of controversy because there's a lot of different cuts of it um there were two different directors that worked on it uh and they had different approaches to how they wanted the movie to be represented it's a real hard pg movie oh, I'm, if that I, makes sense i was thinking of
0: somewhere in time right. My bad it was kind of around yeah. the same yeah.
1: time uh, yeah, the twice upon a time is 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 one of those nostalgic movies, and supposedly I guess, well, I almost pulled the trigger and, and ordered it last night, but I'm just I'm gonna wait a little bit longer. Uh, they they have uh two different uh versions of the film on the DVD, uh, and some behind the scenes stuff. So I'm really interested in getting my hands on that uh, somewhat soon. Once I, I feel comfortable about ordering mm-hmm. stuff again, is Cool World on Blu-ray?
0: I don't think so.
2: I, I think know. the DVD's out of print. I did see um, another one movie from, I would like from to the, find. the same time period. I did see, and I knew it was out of print, it was uh, Bay Bay's Kids. Yeah. But <laughs> apparently, that's when you can buy the manufactured discs on demand. So Oh, do like I don't Warner know. Archives Yeah, or so I don't know why the original... Because usually once the Warner Archives or whatever come out or any of those kinds of things it it usually lowers the price it seems
0: like they're trying to uh hit the collector market more because like like i saw the other day warner archive is putting out um strange brew which i didn't even know was out of print that's oh yeah
1: that's another one yeah yeah, on my radar and
0: i'm like wow like because that's one of the things i was realizing when this whole thing was going on it's like there's so many movies that i feel are like essential to like people's childhood of our age range that Mm -hmm. like you just can't find anymore, and right. Netflix has an embarrassingly low streaming library. But it was you know? interesting years ago.
2: Netflix had a lot of the films, especially uh, kind of like you were talking the Charles Band kind of thing. Was surprising. Like I remember two films that have never been on DVD or Blu-ray were on um, Netflix, and that was uh, the Keep, uh-huh. the uh-huh. Michael yeah. Mann film, and Zone Troopers. Right, which is Zone old...
0: Troopers had such a cool poster. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm.
2: It had an awesome uh recruitment poster. Mm-hmm. But um two films and they were both in widescreen in like pristine prints. I mean I, I was just I mean, I watched the keep, like it's not a great movie, but I probably watched it like three times. Yeah. Just because it's like I'm never gonna see this again. Right. And if I was more technologically uh enabled at the time, I probably would have figured out a way to record it.
0: Oh yeah. No, I totally understand that cuz there's like a lot of like movies like Rawhead Rex and what's the other one I remember always seeing a poster for was Transmutations. Oh, These the Clive, two Clive Barker, Barker movies that like aren't you can't get them on DVD and it's like they were like to me like you couldn't escape a video store without finding them in the 80s. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 There's a lot of stuff. Um one that's coming out actually if
2: people are interested um they're actually having a sale right now through it's um they have an instagram for it but any slasher fans the mutilator is coming out via arrow um this year and um the actual director bike huber he's actually selling pretty much everything all the props from the film uh right now actively as of today or a couple days ago so i already picked up a few things but Um, you know, that's a film that's for years has never been out. I mean, there's, there's so many, I mean, obviously it's kind of like you're saying, um, you know, integral to childhood and stuff, but a big part of it too is that it it is, it's just, it's amazing how many, um, horror, sci-fi cult films have just never been released despite like such a market for it. Mm -hmm. So you got to wonder if it is just licensing or music or what because – or who – somebody just doesn't want to sell the rights or something. But it's crazy because then some will always have a European release or a Japanese release, yeah. which is why it is essential to have a multi-region player. It's like – Well, Japan is the same region as us. Oh, no, no, no. I meant um, Japan just gets better box sets than we do. Not as good as – no one gets better stuff. No, Japan
0: has a really good Dawn of the Dead box set that I – you know i'm like oh so nice but not going to spend 120 bucks on well, like the one
2: that blow just kills me every time is that the uh region 2 uh version of creep show is beautiful box little box set not box set but like a deluxe dvd mm-hmm. uh that they released years ago that was the very first region free blu ray uh, or dvd i ever bought just because i wanted to see creep show in widescreen oh sure and mm-hmm. um the documentary and the cut footage and stuff is just awesome um there's just so many great films um they just put out the resurrected which was one of the last the last dan o'bannon film mm-hmm. ever made or one of his last major ones and he um you know it's one of his, his last lovecraft adaption and it's a great movie and it's it's amazing they put out this deluxe edition but you know you'll never see it in america it's nice that aero videos doing Arrow video us and uh vinegar syndrome and code red and there's so many other titles but you know it's, it's tough stuff so but yeah i mean i don't know there's just there's too much that and that's the biggest problem today there's just too much stuff out there, and that's—I think—that's the hardest part. Is it's like we want more, but then it's like there's already so much to catch up with. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of meandered there a bit, but I mean, I really—I i guess it's something I'm just so into—is—is is collecting and finding stuff. Mm-hmm. And I—I I don't do it just to be—I I hate the term now. It's being cycled around because it is true. There's a lot of shelf collectors. But I really enjoy what I have. I just it may take me a while to get around to all of it, yeah. and that's the problem. Is the reason I buy so much of it now is because I just want to pay. I want to pay ten bucks now. I don't want to pay a hundred bucks yeah. next year. Right.
0: That's what it really boils down to. Now, and to me, if I ended up too much with too much of the same thing, you know, I can always trade it to people I know, or you know, Zia, and you know, God knows, I've been saving up my trade credit to get that Kubrick box set. <laughs>
1: And there was, uh, well, another thing that I was looking, I was kind of looking up some stuff last night, so it is it is pretty much kind of fresh in my brain. Uh, I had to order more catnip, a very specific catnip for one of my cats that that's the only catnip that she likes, so I spent with shipping, I think, like $16 for just oh, wow. a little tub of this catnip. They don't care. Anyways. Catweed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wanted to get up to the price point with Amazon because I'm not an Amazon Prime guy. I don't order enough to, to justify the monthly cost. So mm-hmm. it, I think it's like orders over $35 to get free shipping or 25 I don't remember what it is. Yeah. So I was trying to see if I could build up my cart. But then eventually I was like, oh, with all the shipping for all the items, it was getting up to like maybe you know, $60, $70. I was like, oh, that's just too much just to get free shipping. You can use my Prime account like oh. a Hua Adam. Oh, okay, I would let you. you do that. I appreciate that. Uh, I, they said recommendations based on stuff that you've searched. My Science Project. Oh, great Blue, one. Blu-ray. Which is coming um, out
0: soon from Mill Creek.
1: Yeah, for nine ninety-eight. dollars mm-hmm. 98 And it's like, I, 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 can't, I can't pass that up. I didn't pre-order it, but I, I will order it when it comes out. There was another thing that I was looking up that... Um, on the same ilk, maybe of the same uh, lack of, of extras. I think we might be movie. getting
0: a review copy of that for cult following.
1: Oh, my science project? Yeah. Like, I need to review it, man. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. <laughs> um, there was another movie that I didn't, it, they were asking, I think it was around like 16 17 bucks 17 for on Blu-ray, but it, it had just the very bare essentials, and I just couldn't pull the trigger on it. I think like some of these uh, you know, '80s movies that they they retransfer, mm-hmm. I don't think should be more than ten dollars. No, if it's in circulation. Well, it's, just in general. Yeah, you know, I think if they're like they're
0: Pretty in Pink, should not be like expensive, right? Like oh, the big oh, because they
1: now they have their thirtieth yeah. anniversary mm-hmm. or whatever.
2: Well, I think they you got to do stuff for fans, obviously, because they you know I mean like you have to do stuff. Um, especially for big landmark films, but I do think for some of the ones you were mentioning, I mean, uh, there should be a, a basic edition or a bare bones. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't feel people should, be, should people should be denied from watching a film just because it's. That's my equality speech. Is, well, is that you should be able
0: to find? <laughs> well, it's just one of those things too. Like Screen Factory does, it's like you know the Criterion for horror, but at the same time, like I've been wanting to pull this trigger on this. Um, on this uh the blu ray they just came out of the sentinel that Z has had for like 20 bucks for like a couple months now mm-hmm. and i saw they had the dvd of it for uh for the sentinel at video paradise for like 3 bucks and i was just like you know what i'm just going to get this if i like it then i'll get the blu ray right yeah you know cuz at this that point it's like you know, like when we were out for Monster Palooza, I got a DVD of The Devils. You know, and I still haven't gone around to watching it. You know, but I'm Victor glad I have it. loves the nunsploitation. Yeah, <laughs> he's
2: got a thing for the penguins.
0: <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, you know, I want to have these things before they're too hard to find. Oh sure. Well, that's that's a that's a when we were out Monster Palooza,
2: I spent a little too much because I wanted the three disc hard box special edition of basket case of all three films and plus scores and it's it's awesome but again something it's hard yeah because you don't want to say oh well i'm gonna watch this but again it's like and and that's the thing with everything we had a a conversation a bit ago and hell it echoes tonight like i just bought a couple more pins because Mm. they're out of a hundred and it's like and that's the thing with a lot of dvds and blu-rays to keep those businesses in market They do lower print runs, and then it's like, yeah, but you're kind of, you know, it's cool, but then you're also depriving people. It's like do a giveaway, like Shout Factory does pre-orders with a poster or whatever, yeah, and and you get it early, and that's awesome. But I do think people shouldn't have to pay so much. And yeah, people can download stuff and all that, but I do think that, um, you know, some of these titles, you know, like Fright Night Part Two, Artisan release is a full screen bare bones disc and it's same with ride rex and it's like 90 dollars. people should not be paying this for this it's it's just not only that not that great of a movie but it's not Mm. that it's just not worth it but now the deluxe editions and then that's i mean that rises up my fury is is that all i wanted like the only one i've really wanted this year so far was i so desperately wanted that arrow um deep red special edition and it's it went out of print before it even Came out. out. That happened with Hellraiser, too. (laughs) Yeah, I got that. I did get that, which I'm probably more happy, but as a big Goblin and Argento fan, I really, really wanted that. Well, to me,
0: it's just like I have the Deep Red, the Blue Underground put out on DVD. And to me, I'm like, do I really need a Blu-ray box that I'm not going to watch? I don't even really watch that, you know, that blue underground one yeah i understand well I, mean, I got one i mean but at the same time like you know when they put out society i'm like okay i really oh, like essential. that movie uh, that's just looks so yeah good. it's so good and to me it's like okay that's essential and that one didn't sell out you know right well it's it's out of print now
2: and it's oh, okay for a fair chunk of change already but i mean i got I, for victor's birthday recently um i got him a copy of two evil eyes um on blu-ray which is out of print blue underground lost the license Mm -hmm. for his argento collection and it's like it's a great little film yeah but it's also one of those things where i'm like you know i thought about i'm like i don't want you out to pay 50 bucks for this down the line i don't think you would no but then at the same time it's like well you know for you know a fair price and it was a very fair price at the time It's worth it, you know. Well, it's just
0: like uh, Severin and hardware, you know. They lost, so they were giving copies away at cons. Yeah, but online, try to find it for free. You won't. Oh God, no, no. David Gregory's the best dude on earth. No, and then it's like it's just funny how many things. Like I have this uh, DVD box set of all the Alejandro Jodorowsky movies, right? And I got, I won it from Anchor Bay at like a Fangoria con in two thousand nine. And it's none of those movies are out on Blu-ray. That was the last release it's out of print. I went to Amoeba uh, a while back, and they had it in their like super out of print vault for ninety bucks. I'm like, come on,
1: man. I <laughs> would well, right. be be really curious about your One of the Dead. Like the only like yeah, one I feel Blu-ray copy. Yeah, One of the, copies, yeah, never of the actually... Dead
0: never came out on uh, Blu-ray, but but they sent you. One they sent the me screen. a Blu-ray that they yeah, because I was screening it. So it's weird cuz I I have it on DVD, the retail version when it came out, but I also have it on Blu-ray which never came out. Right. And it's weird having seen the DVD. It is. It's a high def transfer and I'm like, why couldn't you just put this out? Yeah. I, there's a bunch of movies like that, the loved ones didn't come out on Blu-ray, came out on DVD, but you can get it a high def in another country transfer and um what's another one? Um Plus one, this IFC Films movie that I really like only came out on DVD, but not Blu-ray. That seems weird to me, but you see that happening a lot. I think that happened too with all the Boys Love Mandy Lane. I was just actually that was where what I was gonna it, say. it only. I think the Blu-ray was a best buy exclusive or something, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah.
2: But the DVD, I remember was until they released it in the U.S. I mean, I had the. Uh, that was another one I bought one of my first ones because I heard so much about it and I wanted it so bad. Um, and the region 2 is region all, too. all is region free yeah yeah so there was some good stuff but mm-hmm. it's just you know in the end all of it is it's one of those things i mean we could even get i'm going on star wars um you know and a lot of other titles where to get the, I the did right see people
0: at video paradise who kept asking while i was there do you have the dvd version before it was special and they were like no <laughs> it yeah. never existed
2: well, there's you know there's tapes. I mean, people. That's where people go back to other formats too. And then there are some versions. Um, both the Elite Entertainment Laserdisc of Friday, or *Nightmare on Elm Street* and *Texas Chainsaw Massacre* are the two best versions, um, including the the Elite. Laserdisc and the Elite tape is some of the only places you can ever see that delete the deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. I think to this day yeah. of certain stuff. But Elite uh,
1: put really a Elite, lot of work. Elite was the into best. their laser discs. Uh, the and and reinforcing that with the commentaries too. My favorite one was the Reanimator one that oh, they yeah. did. And when they were talking about the color processing and everything they they had to put in as as far as some scenes that were shot so dark uh they didn't know that the uh uh was this the the um, the dp really didn't know what he was doing and they found that out when they finally got the dailies back but at that time they weren't doing dailies it was more like monthlies and they're like oh crap we can't go back and reshoot these but elite did a really nice job of of bringing out as much as they could even before bars, criterion you know, before. when i
2: got into super into the kind of file world about 20 years ago Elite is the company who got me into it. Well, I mm-hmm. went to Scarecrow Video in Seattle, the, the legend, Dairy Scarecrow Video, which was absolutely like the most kid and candy store place, especially before this is early years of the internet. You just mm-hmm. couldn't see this stuff. So to get to, to check out a lot of those films, but Elite's always going to be one of my favorites for that. Um, I know Victor kind of mentioned like Shriek show and some of the other ones um, that it was great to get a lot of these sets um, back in the day. And obviously the all might, I mean, I, I stick largely to horror and cult obviously, but uh, you know, the all anchor bay and it's just, it was so nice and stuff. I just, I hope that continues. And it seems like this new breed of companies and stuff, but a lot of them, like I said, who knows if the rights are ever going to come back yeah. and, um,
1: you know, or if you even wonder if, um, I mean, I know that there are, there are smaller companies putting uh, stuff out that people haven't heard heard from in a long time or has been on one other format from years and years ago, but there are people who are starting to dig deeper. and the, But then there are the larger companies who are just kind of like, eh. It's like, yeah. well, then just hand it off. I mean, there used to be a lot more subsidiaries of larger distribution companies. Obviously, you know, with the economic times now, you know, it. I I almost wish they could just have like an auction block. And say here's here's kind of maybe some titles we don't really care about. Yeah, who, who wants that to that is get
2: actually it? happening. Uh, Return of the Living Dead Part Four and Five. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure most people don't care about them. You can buy them. I think they're like fifty thousand bucks for the rights, and it's yours. You own the film. It is literally you own it. I mean, it's been released on like budget DVDs and sure. stuff. A lot of the Mill yeah. Creek kind of stuff. But I said, you know, you also own it. I mean, you can turn it into whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and there's a lot of them, but the big one I know, um, and I'm sure Victor probably knows a lot of them. You probably do, is is that Lionsgate owns the MGM catalog, and they've released like one one hundredth of it. They own everything wow. from it. They also bought, I mean, because you know they own all the artisan films. They own everything. They own they literally own every film. It's part of how they pad out their assets mm-hmm. after Saw was no longer. Um, Uh, selling but they own so much stuff that and some of it has gone to shout factory and a few other companies Mm -hmm. but it's it's just because but that's the thing people who want to see movies the lot the one dollar one vote your lobbying power is buying this product because then they can pay for all the licenses and and to pay for all the you know red shirt pictures documentaries and all the the bells and whistles is you have to you know, you have to buy it. You have to support it, yeah. and it's not just uh, greedy, greedy, greedy. I'm sure yeah. there's a little bit of that in, in the in the trenches, but I, I'm I am a, as a former record label owner, video store manager, all these kinds of things. I can tell you that if you want something to really stay alive in full force, I mean, you either have to have the total patron sugar daddy kind of thing, which really only happens once in a blue moon, mm-hmm. or you have to have consumers that are willing to support it. And if mm-hmm. you are you know, go out and and exercise. You know that uh, that ability to get stuff out because it, it's going to work most of the time. If there's a demand, supply will come right come to pass. So right. I think that's the the last I'll say on that because I think we're kind of winding down. But anything else, you guys? Any last thoughts? Yeah, because th- you
1: know, like you said, it's if if it's a if it's a honeypot of of money that's being spent because they were film fans and they they want to get out certain things that are that, you know, were thought to be in, in moratorium because of licensing, but that just wasn't the case As, uh well, I mean like even like Code Red, that's the completely independent entity, isn't is it not?
2: Well yeah, it's I mean it, it's interesting. It's two brothers. It's Bill and um I'm sorry I don't know his brother, but he owns Scorpion yeah. releasing. And they um you know Bill started to deal with screen archives, but he's always done his own big cartel and he puts out some amazing stuff, Savage right. Streets, Neon Maniac, some of my favorite movies from the and 80s that's, and 70s. And that's 70s. what I'm saying, or you know, yeah. even he like Severin
1: and, and stuff yeah. like that, it's it's this grassroots thing that actually got legs and got a reputation. Yeah, and they each have their own niche, like right.
0: Severin is doing all these Just Franco movies right, right. now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So and I
1: th- I, th- I think that's refreshing. I think that's great. I wish I could do it. I mean, like I said, you know, and and like all of us have said at the table, there are certain things that you wish would be out there. And if if we had the resources, I'm sure, you know, we we just we'd you just shove them out there. You just do it.
2: True, you would. But it's uh, you know, it it takes a lot of work and a lot. It of does. Energy. It takes
1: a lot of legwork. There's a lot of licensing. There's a lot of you know red tape. I'm sure you know, but um. Like I said, if it was a if it was, there was a honeypot in front of us and we were just pulling from it, it wouldn't seem like work. Yeah,
2: and that's just that's that's the future of the video paradise kind of world. Is this is doing it this way now? Yeah, selling
1: yeah, selling direct. Yep. All right, yeah. let's wrap it up. Yep. Yep. Well, that's it
0: for uh, episode twenty nine of Cult Following. If you guys have some movies you're looking for on DVD, some of your Desert Island Disc, let us know. Maybe we can work out a trade after <laughs> all we're all collectors here let us know in the comments on cultfollowing.co or on facebook.com slash cult I think next time we're going to talk about some of the movies we're looking forward to in uh, spring you know like the Deadpool's the Batman versus Superman's personally I'm very much looking forward to Keanu but we will talk about that another time until then I am Victor Marino along with Adam Murkowski Yeah and Kirby Nelson. So until next time, be kind, rewind. Imagine the perfect video store. It would have a great selection, right? Right! Over 10,000 videos. Three evening rentals, so no rush, no hassle. Fast checkout. 24-hour quick drop return, open late every night. Well, the perfect video store...
1: Welcome to Blockbuster
0: Video! ...is popping up all over the country. There's one near you.
2: Blockbuster Video! Wow! wow.